I love thinking, I love ideas, I love problems, I love being creative and solving problems. I like facts. I like Jeopardy, and I'm not ashamed of it. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. So thinking, it's one of my favorite skills. You may not think thinking is a skill, but I assure you, it is. I really enjoy it. I actually found out, this is a true fact, I found out on accident last year, I can think and read at the same time. Like, I can read one thing and be thinking about something else, like, concurrently. Right, that's what I'm saying. I don't, I don't know why God blessed me with that gift, but I can't. I can. And it's a lot of fun. And it's a joy of mine to think, to just sit and think, which, when I was your age, really wasn't that social of a guy because I preferred just to think instead of talk to people and that didn't help my social life but it, it was really good and it can get really really loud in my head and one thing that I do when my head is just loud which I don't know if you understand that or not that's okay it's kind of like being overwhelmed but it's different when my head is just too loud I go for a walk I've talked about that before I love walks do you guys like walks yes, yes? oh look at that walks are great there's great times for walk early morning when the sun is like setting, but it's not like too bright that it blinds you, but it still like illuminates everything, you know, just that perfect spot. Going for a walk is great. Sometimes with my dog, most of the time not, because he's crazy. And I can just think and walk and think. And last summer, I had the blessing of going for a walk at Hiawatha. I know many of you were not able to be up there. I had the blessing of being up there at the camp. And I walked down by the lake. Raise your hand if you've been to camp. Got some hands in the back as well. If you haven't, it's okay. Um, did you guys ever go walk by the lake in the morning? Or another lake in the morning? And that's usually when it's the most still. And it's just calm and tranquil. So my head was like really, really loud. So I'm like, I'm going to go and stare at the lake because it's calm. And maybe by watching it being calm, that'll make me calm. So I go to the lake and it wasn't very calm. There was like the sun was up too high, there was like bugs around, and you could see the wind kind of moving things back and forth. But then I looked kind of towards the beach, and I saw, I don't really know what it was. It was not fog, it was kind of like a haze, steam hovering just over the top of the water. And it was incredible. It was the coolest thing. I can show you, I took a picture, it doesn't do it any justice, but if you want to see what I mean, I have a picture of it. And it was just hovering over the top of the water. And the whole time, all I could think of, I didn't know the reference, but it was Genesis 1-2. It says, Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And that's all I could think of. Just imagining God just kind of hovering over the water. In some way, it was almost as if he was hovering over me. And I really felt God's presence. I really did. I know you guys have had those mountaintop moments or those other times where you may not be at the peak, but you just know, I feel God here. I, I feel him in some way that I can't really explain. That was one of those moments. That was one of those moments. But even though I felt him here, I still couldn't hear him. I still couldn't connect with him in my mind. That was really aggravating because I know some people like to feel God. I like to know God. I like to interact with him up here. That, that's just me. I, I'm trying to grow in my emotion. I'm trying to grow in what I do. Remember head, heart, hands, okay? I, I like to connect with him up here. So I asked myself the question, 
or the question came to me, what had I been seeking? What was I actually looking for? If I could feel God and not hear him, was I actually looking for something other than him? So that's the question that I want to give you guys tonight. What are you seeking? What are you looking for? What are you going after? What are you seeking? In the Gospels, at the beginning of Matthew, starting at chapter 5, Jesus gives what's called the Sermon on the Mount. And that makes it sound like he's giving a sermon on a mountain. That's really not true. It's like the Sermon on the Mound. It was just a big hill. It's really all it was. I kind of think of down in like Woodhaven, they have that park with that sled hill by the interstate. Yes, off of Hall. I kind of think of it's like that. It was, it was big. You know, he was like up above people, but it wasn't up on this like really tall mountain. He was just kind of on this mound. And he was teaching to people. And the whole point of this message, Jesus was redefining a lot of things that the Jewish people had done incorrectly, essentially. They had the law, but they were missing it. They had the law, but they were doing the thing. They were missing the love and the God that was in the midst of all of it. So in Matthew 7, verses 7 and 8, it says, Jesus talking says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Who here has heard this verse before or part of it before? Okay, some of you, some of you haven't. That's fine. This is the go-to passage for, hey, God will give you whatever you want. Just ask him. And that's not true. <laughs> it's not. And some people get upset with God. Well, I asked him for this. I prayed. I actually prayed, Eric, and God said no. He didn't give me what I wanted. He didn't do this or that for me. He did something else instead. And they get upset. So that's not what we're talking about tonight. But it is important to recognize how a lot of people read that. Jesus is actually asking the question that I asked you tonight. What are you seeking? What are you seeking? What doors are you knocking on? Because the cool part about this passage is Jesus is not just giving some like, hey, if you knock, I'm going to come out and talk to you. Hey, if you knock on the door of Christianity, you're going to learn more about it. This is a principle that's true in every area of your life. Remember, this, this series is my last words, okay? If this is all I have to say to you, I want you to ask the question, what am I seeking? Because the truth is, whatever you are seeking, you're going to find it. And while that should be incredibly encouraging, at the same time, it should really make you think. It should really make you think. Because if you knock on the door of laziness, you'll find it. If you knock on the door of money, you're going to find it. If you knock on the door of selfishness, you're going to find it. If you knock on the door of the dark parts of the internet and looking for porn, you're going to find it. If you knock on the door of negative self-talk, you're going to find it. If you knock on the, do the door of career advancement or, hey, I got to get the best grades or I have to be the best in school, I have to get the best of whatever to get to this place, you're going to find it. If you knock on any door of any idol, it'll open and it'll be there for you. And I don't say this to scare you or to just hit all the crazy youth group topics all in one message. I don't, that's not what I'm going for. I'm, I'm wanting you to actually maybe even close your eyes and say, God, what am I going after right now? 
What am I putting my time into? What am I putting my effort into? Where am I trying to go? Because I promise you, you're going to find it. And unfortunately, we knock on a lot of doors that come with a lot of other baggage that we didn't actually want. If I want to sit on my couch all day and be lazy and not do anything, I'm going to do it, and I'm going to be lazy. But I'm going to miss fulfillment. I'm going to miss the industry of getting something done and succeeding. I'm going to miss relationships. There's a lot that comes, yeah, I'm successful. I get to be lazy. How sweet is that? But I miss out on all of the other things that come with not being lazy. And I get the things that come with being lazy. Everyone wants to hear that God will give them anything they want. We may not say it, but we really do. And I, I do this too. So I want God to do what I want him to do. Hey, God, advance my job, advance ministry, advance these relationships, advance the bank account, advance whatever. But the truth is, he doesn't. And then you say, Eric, but he said, if I knock, the door will be open. He gives us what we want when we seek after the things of his heart. When we seek after what God is after, yeah, he's going to give it to us. But when we seek after what we are after, sometimes he'll give it to us, unfortunately. And sometimes he'll bless us by not giving it to us and helping us out. When we seek things that are of our own mind, we will never be satisfied. Okay, so last week we said it's okay to not be okay. There's so many times, most of the time, we aren't okay because of things that happen to us. Life is difficult. We talked about that. Things happen. I can't explain it. It's life. That's some of the wisdom that isn't given to humans. But there's also the other side of not being, being okay that comes from what we do to ourselves. So I know some people, I don't, I don't drink caffeine, all right? I don't drink coffee. I don't drink pop. I don't drink tea because that's gross. <laughs> Tough crowd. Just kidding. It is gross, though. It's too watery. Just any tea. I drink sweet tea with lemonade. That's as close to tea. No, no, gross. I'll drink half and half, half tea, half lemonade. That's as close as I get. It's just too bland for me. Give me some flavor, man. I want some punch. No, that's gross. No, Arnold Palmer only. But I know some people who they drink coffee, and if they get offered coffee after like 4 p.m., they're like, no, I can't. I will never go to sleep. I just, I won't. I'll be up until 4 a.m., and then... I'll fall asleep at 4 or 5, and then I'll wake up at 8, and the day will be terrible. I don't drink coffee after 4. If they did drink coffee, and they didn't fall asleep, who do you think they should be upset with? Themselves. They should be upset with themselves. Why? Well, they drink coffee after 4. You know it keeps you up all night, and day, and night, and day. So why do we miss this when we do these other things? Yeah, coffee, that's kind of harmless. You have a bad night of sleep, you'll make it up the next night, it's going to be okay. But if I were to not prepare a message for tonight, and I come up to you guys and say, hey, guys, I got nothing. Um, let, me, let me find something. Um, Jesus loves you. 
But that's all I said. You'd remember it, but that wouldn't make it good. The Lord could use it, but that wouldn't mean that I gave a good message. To just say the phrase, Jesus loves you, that's on bracelets, man. Okay? Exactly. Yeah. But, okay, the point is, though, if I was upset, Lord, that was just a terrible youth group, the message was awful, no one connected with it, it wasn't even good, what are you doing? That would also be ridiculous, wouldn't it? Yeah, because I, it was all my fault. A lot of times we want to blame God for doing something or not doing something, but we never look at ourselves and examine the life that we are living. God, I just, I want better grades, but I don't want to spend the extra time working on homework or studying for tests or preparing. Can you make that work? <laughs> no. Sometimes we get upset when really we are the ones to blame. Not always. Again, it's okay to not be okay. There's some things that happen, but sometimes we're not okay because of the choices that we've made in our own lives. And only when we say, God, where are you calling me? How can I seek after you? Is he going to really begin to give us those things that lead to the good life? It's a principle do you know what a, not, not a principal in your school? Okay, that's a person. The other term, principal, not P-A-L-P-L-E. I'm not sure. <laughs> what is a principal? An essential rule. That's a great definition. It's a rule that applies to almost anything, if not everything. Okay, so a rule, apply, like the rule of gravity, Okay, it's not the theory of gravity. You know, I can't say, I don't believe you and like jump up to space. You know, gravity happens and there's nothing I can do about it. This is the same thing. Knock and the door will be opened. Seek and you will find. I think one of the biggest mistakes we make is we don't think that we're seeking anything. We may say, I, I know my relationship with God isn't that great. I, I want to be better. And then we just feel like we're just not seeking anything else. We are always seeking something. We're always seeking a lot of things. And only when we know what we're seeking are we going to be able to recognize where we're going and what doors we're knocking on and what is opening for us. So, what are you seeking is a big question. I want to give a bigger one. Are you ready? Jacob's eyes just got three times the size of his head. What's the purpose of life's trajectory? What's, what's the purpose of life? Why are we here? Not why are we, like, at Calvary or in the auditorium. Why are we here? You, you don't need to know the answer. You don't need to say anything out loud. Okay, that's what we're, I'm, we're still going. We're good. Okay. Why are we here? I feel like a lot of people are your age, and then they get to be my age, and then they get to be twice my age, and then they get to be four times my age, and they're just upset because they don't know why they're here. And they make a lot of mistakes saying, I don't understand life. Yeah, people could be four times my age. They'd be pretty old, I think. It'd be 108. 
I didn't hear you. Sorry, what? I'm 27 for a little bit more. Okay, maybe not four times a They get to be really, really old, all right? They get to be really, really old, and they're like, why am I even here? What was the point? And the point is to be in the Lord's presence, to seek Jesus. And I know that sounds like the most churchy answer you could ever hear, and you're like, oh, thanks, Eric, I knew that. <laughs> but that's kind of the point. This week, I realized how often I don't do things that I know I should do. I think, I think it was the beginning of 2020, before everything hit. And I went to the dentist, and they said, you need to floss, because it's good for your teeth. And I went home, and I flossed. And I flossed for like, a week straight, and it was a big deal, and I'm like, I don't know what else 2020 has in store, but it's got me flossing, and I mean, I didn't know what else it had in store, but within like a month, I was done flossing. I have literally not flossed since. I brush my teeth twice a day, but for some reason, I will not floss. I don't know. I need to floss. But I, but I know I need to, but I still don't. I know I should, but I still don't. I know I should go to bed before midnight if I want to wake up by 7 o'clock because I like to sleep, but I don't. Hey, I'm talking about myself. I ain't pointing any fingers. Okay? Okay, you can point all the fingers you want, but I'm not pointing any fingers. All right, that's not me. I don't do the things that I know I should. So am I giving you an answer that you've never heard before, as people who go to church for more than the last 10 minutes? No, I'm not. But what I'm telling you is, that's the right answer. That's the right answer. And you can spend years and years, and your friends will spend years and years trying to figure out, why am I here? And that's a massive question with a deep and long answer, but the answer begins by saying, I'm here to connect with the Lord. I'm here to seek Jesus. That's the door that I want to knock on. I don't want to knock on the door of anything else until I knock on his door and I'm with him. And I can listen to him. And I can learn from him. And he can put everything else in my life in perspective. Yeah, we all need jobs. We need money. Money is a good tool. It's a bad God. Careers are great. I love my job. I don't ever want to not be a pastor. But if my life is all about being a pastor and not about loving people, it's a good tool. It's a bad God. Okay, there's a lot of things that we need better perspective on. And we only find that by living like Jesus, learning from Jesus, learning about Jesus, seeking after Jesus, trying to be like Jesus, seeking and knocking on his door that's what we go for. How many of you guys have ever heard a message about heaven? Or anyone talk about heaven? Great, everyone. Fun fact, there will be babies with wings floating. Ever just kidding, there won't. That's not in the Bible anywhere. Maybe, you're right. I am not certain of that point. If I were to bet money on it, I would say no, but I'm not certain. You never know. I, I don't know the decor that 
is going to be in heaven. But my point is, heaven is not heavenly because there are streets of gold. Heaven is not heavenly because we get to live forever. Heaven is not the most amazing thing we could ever imagine because I have a mansion. Heaven is heaven because we are in the complete and uninterrupted presence of Jesus. And I know that, again, that sounds kind of bizarre and it sounds super churchy and it sounds like sometimes unhelpful, like, I don't get what you mean. I'm a created being. You are a created being. When we are with our creator, we are at our best. We are at our most complete. And even if you don't totally understand this, I would encourage you to just file it in your head somewhere and just try not to forget it. Because someday it's going to make perfect sense. When you're lost and you're confused, you're like, I just don't understand. Everyone wants me to be a certain way, wants me to do a certain thing. They want me to go to this school. They want me to get this job. They want me to marry this person. They want me to do this in life. And you'll say, what's the point? And you'll say, oh my gosh. I remember my incredibly cool and awesome and so smart youth pastor once gave a message. And he said, to be with Jesus is the purpose. You don't have to remember all of that, just the last part. Jesus is the purpose. It doesn't matter what anyone wants me to do, who anyone wants me to be. Who does Jesus call me to be? That's the most important. And experiencing him as often as I can is the best thing we can do. It's the best thing we can do. And it sounds simple, but there are people who have been Christians for 40, 50, 60, 80 years who still don't get it. So if you can get this now, man, I can't wait to see what God does. I can't wait to see how good your life is going to be. If that's the last word I have, that's what I want it to be. His presence is the purpose. His presence is the purpose. It's not a job. It's not a career. It's not finding joy. It's his presence. And we find all of those things in him. He's not going to make Jacob not be in marching band anymore. He's not going to make Sean stop cutting grass. He's not going to make Alona quit fudgies. But he's going to give them all new meaning. He's going to give all of them a new meaning. Everything you do has a different meaning, a deeper, truer, fuller meaning. When God says, I've placed you here for a reason, I'm excited for it. I think I said this last week too, the mountaintop is perspective, the valley is growth, and God is in all of it. Yeah, Mallory, you can come on up. I want to pray over you guys, um, pray with you guys. She's just going to play some music. Um, don't mind her yet. But I, I want to do something that is uncomfortable, okay? So don't say, Eric, that makes me uncomfortable. I'm saying... I know what's going to make you uncomfortable. And there's only seven of you guys. With all of the adults, we crack ten. So there's not a lot of people to see you do this, if you feel that uncomfortable. But I want to pray. But I'm also a person that believes that posture matters. All right? Slouching, sitting up. It matters, okay? <laughs> Everyone just sits straight up. You're right, it does. Thanks, Eric. Okay, posture matters. How I am connecting with God matters. If I'm sitting like this, 
Yeah, I'm probably not going to be very spiritual, Sean. I'm going to be upset. This is posture of anger. If I'm like this, I look pretty happy. Okay. What we do, we are, what's one of my favorite words? Starts with an H. Not holy. Holy is close. Holistic. Holistic. I'm going to say it. It's okay. I'll say it for the next forever. It's, it's almost like lifting a boulder. Oh, so close. That's the other question. <laughs> okay. We are holistic. All that means is every part of you is connected. So you don't just have a mind and a heart and a body and feelings. What you think affects how you feel. And how you feel affects how you think and affects what you do. And the posture of your body affects all of those things. So if you are always seated like this, slouched over, unhappy, it's going to be a lot tougher for you to get happy. But if you're really mad and I say, hey, laugh for 30 seconds, it's going to be way harder to be upset. And it's super weird. Don't do it with anyone around. But it's going to be really tough to stay upset if you just laugh as hard as you can. You may still be mad, but you won't be as mad. So posture matters. So I want to encourage, encourage us to do something. It's uncomfortable. And I'm asking you to be uncomfortable for the next four or five minutes. And I promise you it will end, and then you won't be uncomfortable anymore. But I'm going to ask you guys to get down on your knees, right in front of your chair. If you want to face your chair, that's fine. If you want to face the stage, that's fine. I know it might hurt your knees a little bit. You're not that old. If it hurts now, it's going to get worse. <laughs> Good knees. I know this sounds weird. It's easier on my knees to lean forward. I won't right now. Or you can sit back on your feet. <laughs> this, this is a secret tornado drill, so I can tell everyone we did it. Just kidding. Stop, drop, and roll out the door. So you, just kidding. So... So you can do whatever you want with your hands. Keep them high, keep them low, cross them, whatever you want. But I'm going to pray. And I'm going to pray a specific prayer, uh, not a written prayer, but I'm going to ask the Lord to show us his spirit. Just like that water that the spirit was hovering over, I want it to hover over us. I want God's spirit to hover over you in your daily life. When you wake up tomorrow, you're a week away from youth group and you still have a whole lot of life to happen, I want you to feel and experience the presence of the Spirit. I want you to know Him, to feel Him, to hear Him in a way that you normally don't. So if you want to close your eyes, you can. If you want to keep them open, you can. Look up, look down, whatever way. I'm going to pray for you, with you, and over you. Lord, we come to you on our knees because on our knees we're vulnerable. On our knees we can't do anything. We can't run. We can't leave. We can only surrender. And Spirit, I pray that we may Feel your presence over us. That we may experience you each and every day. 
Lord, when we wake up and we're upset or we're frustrated or we're concerned or we're lost or we're not at peace, I pray you remind us, get on your knees, seek me. Lord, when we are knocking on every other door except yours, I pray that you remind us, hey, knock. Seek and you will find. You ask and I will come. Remind us that, Lord. barriers may be there. Lord, guide us to get rid of them. Show us where they are. Show us how to tear them down. Show us how to push them out of the way so that there's nothing between us and you. Lord, we come to you on our knees. Because you are the only one who can save, the only one who can guide, the only one who gives us our full purpose, Lord. grateful, Lord. Spirit, come rest on us. Come rest on us. Rest on us.